0: What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Mipa. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them.
1: We're just a couple of artsy bitches learning about what makes art good and what makes art bad and how we want to talk about art.
0: Let's get into what we're snacking on. Gaia, what are you snacking on this week?
1: I had some very cursed experiences at the farmer's market this afternoon that I wanted to share with the class. I work at a farmer's market because I I live on a farm. Take a shot. (laughs) (laughs) um and today was very cursed first our car broke down and we couldn't get to the market and we got there like an hour late and then these like scary unmasked people came up to us and like depending on where you live in the U.S. like that's like more or less scary in Maine like nobody goes out without a mask like it is like oh that's forbidden Uh no, it's amazing. Um, but these unmasked people came up to us and first there was this guy and he was like, Yo, what's up, masked people? And we were like, Yeah, we have masks on. And then he was like, Yeah, COVID's fake, and we were like, Cool. And then he was like, Yeah, Jesus spoke directly to me, and I wrote it down on <laughs> a little card and I'm gonna give it to you right now. And we were like, Oh, thanks, bud. Thank and then he you said so the much. CDC said COVID was fake. Look it up, and we were like, We will. And then immediately after him, this unmasked lady came up and started smelling our flowers like with her face on them and we were like ma'am like can you please well first she was like what are your poems and i was like oh i write poems for people and she's like you shouldn't write them you should speak them Saved the trees, and I was like, "Okay, I guess I will." Um, and then oh she went God. and touched our flowers with her face, and we were like, "Ma'am, can you please not do that?" There's like a, a pandemic happening right now. Um, and she was like, "These aren't your flowers; these are God's flowers." And we were like, "Oh," and and then she kind of like walked away, and then she came back, and she was like, "I'm gonna strike your names from the book of life, both of you." And we were like, oh. Damn. And then she left. And that was that. She
0: struck your name from the book of life, She literally struck
1: my name from the book of life. And now I'm going to
0: die. She death noted your ass. Yeah, no,
1: I'm like fucking going (laughs) to die. Like probably today. So like congrats on this being the last existing like recording of me. But the only thing I've really been snacking on besides the thought of my impending demise is. Oh my God twilight
0: yes
1: twilight at two and a half speed on audible Uh, yes yes it's so cursed it's been sending me into dissociative spirals because it's like really really fast but it's twilight
0: (laughs) i feel like twilight's not meant to be heard at 2.5 speed it's like i know what you are say it (laughs) a vampire
1: I love it. Anyway, Anita, what are you snacking on?
0: (laughs) This is a sad snack, but God, it is the most... No, it is so, truly so beautiful. Two amazing articles came out. One came out yesterday. I saw it on Twitter. I'm going to get you the name and I'm going to put it in the show notes. So this article came out of Vanity Fair. It's called On Witness and Respair: A Personal Tragedy Followed by a Pandemic. And it's by... Jasmine ward and it's an article about how she lost her husband in january kind of like right before the pandemic and then seeing like just the world pass by and and all of the protests and everything and um it's just such a beautiful it's every line of this article is poetry Mm. it is the most beautiful thing i've ever read and so eloquently put through her grief that I was like, you didn't have to give us this gift of your beautiful words and like dealing with all of this grief and still writing about it and how beautifully it's written just like absolutely struck me. Like I, I, I don't know. I've just, I'm just in awe of it and it's beautiful. And then today an article came out about john boyega he just did an interview about like all of the shitty stuff about star wars and how he was afraid to speak out at the black lives matter protests in june um in london but then he was like you know what fuck this shit like i should be as loud as i want to be and i don't need to give disney the respect that it didn't give me and then he talked about how disney like marketed him as like this big figure, but then pushed him to the, to the side. And we'll talk about it when we do Star Wars, but I am just, like, I'm reeling over both of these amazing pieces of work that came out this week, and everyone needs to read them, and I just think that they are, like, very important.
1: Yo, fuck how Disney treated every single one of their, like, lead cast that they portrayed as, like, pioneering representational figures. Rose? 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 Got fucked. Oscar Isaac? Got fucked. Unfortunately, he didn't get fucked, but he wishes he did I would have
0: liked him to get fucked in a specific way that he did not get fucked in.
1: Even Daisy Ridley got fucked. The only person who survived unscathed was that one- What's his fuck- What's his name? Adam Adam Driver. Adam (laughs) Driver? I, like, to support oh no. Adam Driver, but also, like, boo. I like that he's weird looking.
0: He's, okay, someone tweeted this a long time ago, and I wish I remembered the wording of it because it was so well put, but Adam Driver is the kind of attractive that, like, normal guys could be if they just put in a little effort. Mm-hmm. And that's why men are mad at Adam Driver because he's so, quote, unquote, like, normal looking, and people are fawning over him. And I'm like, one, it's the talent, and two, it's the effort. Also,
1: like, normal-looking people, like, I don't know. I'm really into people looking like normal people. Yeah,
0: I think that's really sexy
1: of them. People who are supernaturally attractive stress me out. I can't, like, talk to them because they freak me out. And also, like, why look like that when you could look, like, kind of squished?
0: Yeah, that's kind of, like, why I want to keep my nose. I don't want to get a nose job. You have a sexy nose. Because... I should think I, I should think that about my nose.
1: Well, I can think you have a sexy nose in the meantime, until you think uh,
0: it. And this is why we're getting married on your farm in Maine. Okay, Yay. let's get into let's it. Let's get into Dia, what it. What are we talking about this week?
1: Today, we are talking about one of the sexiest movies of all time, Black Panther.
0: We're going to talk a little bit about Chadwick this week, too. Yes, rest um, in power. Rest in power, baby.
1: In case you haven't been around the block with us at Bitch Why our episodes are made up of four parts bitch what an introduction to what we're talking about bitch how a technical rundown of the successes and the failures and how it's how it works like mechanically as a piece of art bitch time three minutes of our unintelligent unfiltered uncritical feelings and finally bitch why a sum up of the implications and why everything matters and the bitch meter which is our little our little score score meter that tells us how diverse we think it is but it's time for bitch what Nita, how did you encounter Black Panther?
0: Uh, The comics, I remember reading them, like, a long time ago, but I just truly, like, didn't... I don't know. Spider-Man was, like, always the OG. I feel like I, I read a lot more Spider-Man than I did Black Panther. But when they announced the movie, I remember, like, being so incredibly excited by this and, like, seeing the casting come out and being like, there are no white people? This is amazing. Like, it's kind of like... The way people, I wished I could feel about Crazy rotations because there's not a single white person in that movie, but the movie itself is, like, a problem. But it's amazing. I really loved it. I saw it, like, four times in theaters. I think I saw it four times, because I saw it once with some friends, and then I took my dad, who grew up in Nigeria, um, in Lagos specifically, and he was, like, so happy. Like, he just was like, oh my god, I, like, know this like there's things in this that I recognize and it was just really cool I think my cousins feel the same way I just remember seeing it and loving it and just just wanting more people to see it and love it I don't know Gaia how did you get into Black Panther
1: yeah I mean I have a lot of extremely specific memories of like driving to school listening to the soundtrack in mm, high school
0: yeah um mm-hmm. and that
1: f- was baller that was like high point in my days um <laughs> and 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 like pretty similar like like excited to see a movie without white people in it um yeah I was kind of in my phase my like phase I mean my ongoing phase that's like why not why do you keep casting white people in things like it's so easy to not
0: cast white Mm. people and things
1: and yeah it's so easy. it's so easy (laughs) for zero dollars and zero cents you cannot cast white people (laughs) for zero
0: (laughs) dollars cast a person of color
1: so so I think I was just like hype about it from a representational standpoint and then I think that was like once I was that was around the time when I was starting to get into like racial justice type activism but like in a real way and not in the like hey racism's not good like hashtag black lives matter (laughs) like it was when I was starting to like do like real reading on it and like writing about it and like processing processing privilege and so I think it actually probably just hit a really key time for me where I was like learning about racial justice and this movie came out and it was such a good like good piece of media and also like just good supplementary reading but not but like in a very fun and like digestible way and so I think it just hit at a good time in my little activist journey I'm gonna do a synopsis do it after the death of his father T'Chaka Chadwick Boseman aka T'Challa aka the Black Panther returns to his nation of Wakanda to, to take his place as king um Wakanda is, like, an awesome Afro-futuristic country located in, like, North Africa-ish, and um, it is high in stores of vibranium, so after they find out that some vibranium has been stolen, they go on a mission to rescue it, and all sorts of shenanigans ensue, including a coup. Northeast Africa, specifically.
0: Kind of like, it would be smack in the middle of Uganda, Kenya, and Ethiopia, like, where the, where those countries converge oh my god this is the first fucking marvel movie to win oscars so i don't know what that tells you except that it is the best one of the best marvel movies um and also the care that was taken in this movie is astounding anyway it won for best production design best costume design and best score it was also nominated for best picture but it lost to green book which if that doesn't like tell you anything about the world we live in i don't know what will I can't,
1: I can't believe it. Lost to Green. What else came out? What year is this?
0: 2018.
1: 2018.
0: No, 2019. 2019 because what? it came out in 2018, but it's the 2019 Oscars. I know. Oh, it's so okay. Confusing. That's
1: how I listened to it in high school.
0: Roma. Roma Alien came out? Rhapsody. Yo, Black Panther. Black, Black Klansman also came out that year. Black Vice. Klansman. Have you seen
1: Vice? Vice is a very sexy movie. Yeah, that we Vice should is review. very good. Yeah. I can't believe Green Book won.
0: Yeah, dude. The I was favorite? so pissed yeah dude literally I every
1: single one of these movies is better than green Book.
0: is better than green book we're all mad but i remember that was such a big upset
1: i'm like actually kind of like getting re-mad about the 2019 oscars
0: dude rami malek won for bohemian rhapsody which is like cool of him
1: i guess that's kind of sexy of him I that know. is
0: sexy also i would have been really happy if the favorite one
1: yeah the favorite could have won didn't but coulda
0: also black panther could have won but i feel like again we always talk about like the significance of the oscars and how they just truly cannot nor will not reflect what movies are actually significant mm-hmm. and impactful uh, and i just think that this is like emblematic of that i
1: mean i would say like of these movies like black panther probably had the widest breadth of cultural impact i would right. say like i think maybe i liked like roma and black klansman and the favorite like Like, more as an artist, I think I was a little bit more, like, artistically, like, enthralled by them.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think what that happened is then they started to, like, announce that they would do popular movie category. Mm. And everyone was like, but that takes away from, like, because a movie can both be popular and the best movie of the year. Yeah. A.K.A. Parasite. Again very confusing and stupid.
1: It's so like wacky that Parasite became popular. I how did that even happen?
0: I don't know, but I remember when it was like quietly gaining traction in like October, November, and that's when I saw it and I was like this movie's fucking amazing, but it's not going to win because And then it are did. Stupid. And then it did.
1: That was like the last collective experience we had. Yeah. Now we don't have any collective experiences. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about the black Okay, camp. anyway. <laughs>
0: Let's get into Bitch How. This is where we talk about how the how the piece of art succeeds or fails as a thing.
1: Here's three things in quick succession that I think were sexy about it, and you can respond to whichever one you want, or to all three of them. Okay. okay. I think it's sexy that it doesn't infantilize tribes in Africa. I think tea. it's sexy that it is full of dark-skinned actors specifically. Yep. And I think it's sexy that it's such a great ensemble piece that every single character feels integral and developed and unique. Even even Martin Freeman got a moment and he was white.
0: Bro, okay, literally. And also they avoid, I think, the white savior thing. Because I, yeah. I just love Shuri when she is like coaching him. Mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. I think it's so funny. And she's like, Sir, just do the thing. I just love it. And the the line of, like, oh, another white man for us to take care of. I just Ooh. love it. Um, I think also something that I read about when Black Panther came out was how exciting it was to have all of these women have vastly different personalities and interests and passions and you know what they are and you know what their different motivations are and like that scene where Akoye and Nakia are like talking about their different ethics and how they clash with each other it's just so refreshing especially in a Marvel movie where like the only female character for a long time was Black Widow and her narrative just got tossed around in every movie it was like what can we make her do this time that like is not cohesive with her entire arc it's also, just nice to have like these women all be completely different and they don't then have to bear the burden of representing all black women if it was just one, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I also think it's Our like women. Yeah.
1: particularly sexy um, because I think like it, especially like comparing them to Black Widow, Black Widow is so, her entire personality is that she's a warrior woman. And then in this movie, mm-hmm. we have three different warrior women. And they all have different personalities beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like Nakia yeah. can be a totally different type of warrior than Shuri is or than Okoye is. And right. that is like, you can be a uh, maybe aggressive figure and still not be the same type of person. I mean, it's funky and not that fresh. How <laughs> how little Hollywood has learned about writing complex women, writing complex women of color especially
0: well here's the thing is you had ryan kugler writing this movie and he took so much care like watching him i watched a lot of interviews when this movie came out i watched the costume designer ruth carter and and ryan kugler's in it and they talk a lot back and forth and ryan even in their fighting styles like Okoye will never pick up a gun. She will never pick up anything that's not her own weapon or a weapon from Wakanda. Versus Nakia is a little more versatile in her fighting because she's been all over the world. She's a spy. and she's a spy, so she she will pick up a gun. She'll do any. She'll use anything that's in her vicinity. And but like Akoya is like like incredibly traditional, and then Shuri has an like a completely different fighting style. So you see just like this this kind of care that I have never seen in a Marvel movie before with its characters in costume and in in design in um personality like the way that they like mind this movie for depth and nuance is especially in a marvel movie and i will say that like a lot because i just think that this like set the bar higher than any other marvel movie and it was really refreshing to just like see that
1: i think the acting in this movie felt very effortless and what you were saying about the different um fighting styles really reminded me of that The way the actors were able to work off of each other. I feel like in a lot of Marvel movies, there's a sense that the actors are kind of, like, pushing this, like, aggressiveness. I feel like a lot of times when I see whichever Chris um, plays Captain America. (laughs) um, Chris Evans. Yeah, that one. Whenever I see him, like, say, like, it's time for us to fight the aliens. I'm like, I'm like, can you, like, just, like... Release your chest, but like, calm down. Can you like? Can you (laughs) breathe? Can you like relax the muscles of your body? But all of the actors in this movie play so well with each other. Even in moments of aggression, it doesn't feel like they're tense within that. I I think it's kind of hard to explain. This is kind of a good segue into what you were talking about about Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is so natural and incredible in this movie.
0: I remember when this movie came out, so many people were like, Chadwick is the most boring part of the movie. Like, T'Challa is the most boring part. And I was like, one, fuck you guys, that's incorrect. Two, you have charisma, like... Just pouring out of Michael B. Jordan coming out of Okoye in a like a different way. Like everyone has such a well-rounded, complete personality, and T'Challa's makes sense for who he is. He has been like groomed to show like a certain level of decorum, like at all times. He is literally like a king. So when he lets out like a little bit of emotion, like when he meets his father in the ancestral plane, or you know, when Killmonger is like i'm gonna kill your sister it shows me that like he's holding on to something because he cannot like be as expressive as he wants to be nor is he like grown up being expressive because he's supposed to be a king and it makes sense the way he portrays black manhood in this movie is such a departure from the way we've seen a lot of strong on-screen black heroes like there's like Yes, he is masculine, but there's like a vulnerability and a tenderness, and the way that he like admires the black women and and like respects black womanhood in this movie is so beautiful. It is so beautiful to me, and I feel like what Chadwick brings to that is so layered. And I think people, this is kind of like our Eddie Redmayne thing, where you have like a masculine character, and people don't see what they think they should be seeing from them and then therefore dismiss it as boring or like one note and that I feel feel like that is completely incorrect and it's ironic
1: to me because it feels like every single other like white male figure in Marvel is exactly the same and it's really frustrating Mm -hmm. like seeing Thor and Captain America and Iron Man and Hawkeye interact with each other is like walk it's like if you took a bunch of clones and wrote, raised them in different <laughs> environments and then like put them in a room together like that's I, I mean it's the way they're written it's the way they're acted and I don't think any of those actors are necessarily poor actors it's just like that is a directing choice I think it's very clearly a directing choice and it's delightful to see a character that departs from that that trope I also think there's a sexy trope subversion that's a little uh, under, under the table that they like just slipped in, which is the reverse of King doesn't want to be King and learns how to be a good King versus King wants to be a good King. And yeah, like, I-, I think it's sexy that they chose to have a cast full of politically engaged characters. There's none of that, um, that sense of, I don't fight, I just fight for what's right. And not right. for anything. I just fight for what's good and what's right. No. Which I think is a very lazy approach to morals in comic book universes. And we talked a little bit when we were talking about Spider-Man about uh, mm-hmm. lazy approaches to morality. Um, and this movie is very, very nuanced in its approach to morality. And the characters in it are all specifically, like, politicians. They're interested in working together to create the best version of their society. And, right. And, and those be...
0: ideas are different, but they all are, like, going towards the same thing. And
1: that's why Killmonger ends up being so, so stellar as a villain is because yes. he, he is... Just another perspective on how to make really the key conflict of this movie is how do we create the best nation that serves the most people, that keeps the world the most safe? And Killmonger coming in and being like, I think this is how we do that, and him being right in some ways and being wrong in some ways is Mm -hmm. such a fresh take. And it proves that superhero movies can have hot, fresh, steamy takes about morality and about politics and about the world without being bad or without flopping in the box office because we all know black panther fucking killed it
0: black panther really just like elevated what is possible um for for movies like this i think like the way they discuss like that scene where killmonger is talking to t'challa and he's like There are people who look like you all over the world. Like, how are you not helping them? And then T'Challa's like, I am not king of all people. I am king of Wakanda. And Okoye's, like, the way she has to navigate once T'Challa's not king anymore and it's Killmonger, she's like, I have to do what's right by my nation, but also I know that this isn't right. And seeing that, like, internal struggle within her is so exciting like this is just not something like you see i think comparing this to the only other thing where like the superheroes are facing like moral dilemma dilemmas would be civil war and sorry yeah exactly well no exactly it's it's so less personally connected to those two characters and more of like this is what i want to do no this is what i want to do and and it's so much more layered in terms of like exactly how do we keep the most people safe and how do we succeed as a nation. And I also like can sense within that within that narrative the fear of like the impact of colonization. Like I feel like I know why why Wakanda. And, and this, like, maybe isn't justified for them, but, like, why they don't want to go spread their resources everywhere is because they have a feeling, like, that it will all just be taken over by, like, Western countries again. And the reason they've kept themselves safe for so long is because of that. And they do have the technology, like, which is why it's believable when Killmonger wants to take over. It's believable that he could take over and, like, use the technology all around the world, but it's not for that purpose and the way that they come to a middle ground at the end because T'Challa realizes, like, that anger coming from Killmonger is real. And also in the comics, he has studied outside of Wakanda. He, like, went to college. I think he went to Oxford, but I don't remember. It is interesting to me that they didn't include that because I wonder, like, how... He would have been different had he studied outside Wakanda and, like, seen what the world is like for Black people, like, who don't live in Wakanda. But I think that that's just, I don't know. But I would like to see what that would look like.
1: I also think it's such a subtle use of Afrofuturism as a trope to ask Mm -hmm. the questions of how do we make a world that is equitable for Black people? And so... There's something interesting w- with the idea of a- this is like an Afrofuturist movie. It's kind of the movie that introduced a lot of young people right now to Afrofuturism, although Afrofuturism right. as a genre read, has been. Read
0: Octavia Butler. Read Octavia Butler. Read Octavia please, Butler. I'm begging you. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, there's tons of great Afrofuturism outside of this movie, but this is just a really good example of it. But it's the yeah. idea of taking a hold of what Black people could have been and will be without colonialism, then using that we are in envis- we are envisioning a world without the without the um, scars of colonialism directly on their culture, and then using that to even further jump ahead and be like but it still exists in our world. So what are the solutions we need to be giving to black people in the United States, to black people um across Africa, to people who people all over the world who are struggling people of color all over the world who are struggling. That's such a nice subtle way to use the genre to reach outside of the genre and into the universe. I think um I think I have similar warm and fuzzy feelings about this movie in Spider-Verse. I think this movie zooms out so mm-hmm. seamlessly. I think this right. movie is like a photo taken on one of those super high quality cameras where you can like look at the craters of the moon, where you can like <laughs> zoom in and look at the craters of the moon, and then you can zoom out and see the entire night sky. And it's still seamless. Exactly.
0: I think because we were talking last week, and it's maybe such a interesting thing that we were able to put these two movies together um back to back but when we were talking about spider-verse and seeing images differently in that movie and like, like the way things are framed and being like i can't separate that because we do live in the real world and this movie was written by people in the real world but it doesn't deal with certain real world implications and i feel like black panther avoids all of that and and says okay this is an afrofuturistic country what would be the real world implications if they existed now and how would they deal with it? And I think like, I love that the villain isn't a villain. Can we talk about um, how I feel personally called out by this movie <laughs> as a first gen?
1: Raise your hand if you've been personally attacked personally by Black Panther. By personally Black Panther. victimized by Black
0: Panther. The way I, f- I sense Eric's anger and I understand and the 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 innate... Need to be a part of your like mother country and feel the things that they feel and wish you could be a part of it hurts me in such a visceral way. I don't even have like, I just know that my chest hurts when I watch it. And when he goes to the ancestral plane and it's not Wakanda, it's so artfully quietly like that's so quiet, like you wouldn't notice that. You'd just be like, Oh, yeah, of course, that's his house. But like for me, it's like the disappointment in his whole body when he realizes that his ancestral plane, his ancestors, and he often references his ancestors because he doesn't see them as being the same as his, as, like, T'Challa's ancestors. He calls them, like, the people who jump from the ships. He, 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 like, he connects himself more to uh, African Americans who have struggled in America than he does in Wakanda because he doesn't get to be there he's not allowed even when he asks his father in the ancestral plane in that scene like do you think they'd ever want me and he's like i'm afraid they're gonna think you're lost it just i i'm just saying the things that hurt me but it hurts me like it hurts me in a way that like like because it's like you want so badly what's best for your home country and to see that like that they could do something about it like i would be the same way like i would be the exact same i mean maybe i would not join the military but but yeah okay (laughs) the anger that has fueled him to know that you there's a such a better place a utopia that you could have been a part of but you were ostracized from it and therefore know nothing of it except maybe something of the language and like the fact that you you know you have a place there and it could have been for you hurts me it hurts me so bad and and this is just like maybe this is just like a silly thing but to see I think this movie deals with with diaspora in such a perfect way in talking about what it means to be African and what it means to be African-American where you have when he comes in and he's like claiming the throne or like trying to claim the throne and he goes hey auntie and like the way that like it puts off like the people of wakanda i just think it's fascinating i think it is interesting since we
1: were talking about how killmonger just hits different which he truly does (laughs) um i think i think it's interesting that he joins so so kind of the difference between um killmonger and t'challa's mindset is that killmonger is like a hyper interventionist he's a militaristic interventionist and T'Challa is like anti-interventionism. And I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that Killmonger's history is with American interventionism and having the cognitive dissonance of I am trained to be an American interventionist and be the United States. But I've also mm. been so profoundly victimized by the United States as a black man who grew up in the United States. Um right. and so those kind of like dueling like sides of his psyche are so interesting it's such a well thought out backstory and i think there's kind of an interesting idea that like killmonger and t'challa can both have experiences that the other doesn't that they can gain from each other like killmonger has the the pain and the history of being a black man outside of wakanda and that has influenced his thinking and makes him compassionate and T'Challa has the privileges of growing up in Wakanda and a desire for a more peaceful like broader society and together those things are incredibly powerful um but independently they foster different toxic traits and that exactly. is sexy.
0: Yeah, the fact that Killmonger and you can tell when he when he's like I killed people on this continent i killed two billion people all over the world who look and people who look like us just so i could get to this like the fact that he had to like be a part of the system so that he could fuck the system is just like wild to me But, but that's also what we try to do every day in our art too like we're like well i still have to play the game john boyega still has to play the game that's what he talked about in the article of like why do i have to Sometimes can't I just be angry? Like, sometimes can't I just, like, lose it? Because I, I need to lose it because it's too much. But, yeah, like, the fact that they each represent kind of, like, different sides of, of the coin, but they the fact that they're able to learn something from each other versus, like, oh, I defeated the villain, it's over. Also, the fact that, like, T'Challa, like, didn't want to kill him. And yeah. He, and he's dying, and he was like, we could help you, and we can, like, rehabilitate you. Yo, like the his, most
1: metal line in the history of film is the bury me in the ocean like my ancestors who threw themselves from the ship because they knew that death was better than bondage yeah that line hits different
0: um actually Chadwick is why that line exists chadwick Uh, like chadwick so we'll talk about him i will i want to talk about him so much i love the way that this movie handles like i love the museum scene because you know that white lady approached him you know that white lady approached him because he's black she doesn't go up to anybody else in the museum and go hey can i help you Ugh. and when he tells her He's like, you stole this! You stole- I was like, oh! Like, it's just so good. (laughs) This movie radicalized me more than- uh, more. It just did. Um.
1: Getting continually radicalized by repeated viewings of black
0: Panther. Every time I watch it, I'm like, yes. The person who did the score is a German dude. His name is ludwig something am i a german
1: composer named ludwig that's so passe
0: goranson goranson or whatever he's been working with ryan kugler and childish gambino who he also helped on this is america for a long time and i read this article about how they did this to make sure it is the most respectful as possible but he's he did say like listen like we're not Like, I'm not doing anything different than I did 10 years ago, but people are paying attention in a different way, but I am still doing the same kind of work, and the- the creative demands of this to make sure that this was not culturally appropriative and rather was a way to, like, honor the actual sounds of, like, what this place would sound like, and- and to take- I think it also happens in the costumes a lot, is, like, you have, like, this kind of, like- leaning towards like a technologically advanced like streetwear almost like tech streetwear and then pulling from different parts of africa to create like because it's hard with this with this place because you don't know what it would look like because we unfortunately will never know what our our home countries would look like without colonialism um but he did amazing work and research and that is the kind of work and research i want from all of these movies And I am just very impressed by it. And I feel like he did, like, pulling from, like, what does, like, a ritual sound like? What would a funeral sound like? How do we make these the most, like, quote-unquote culturally accurate, culturally authentic is hard because, like, what is authenticity, Um, really? We talked about this a lot in design um, (laughs) last year. But I think, like we will never know what a col- like a non-colonized version of Africa or India or any part of Asia would look like so it's hard But I think that this movie did the best that it could and set a bar.
1: Something I wanted to say in relation to what you were talking about, like about caretaking. It sometimes feels I'm really like right now like airing all my grief about Marvel before we even like get into Marvel. But it feels like a lot of times with these movies, because they've just decided to divorce themselves from reality in such an uninteresting way, is that they just kind of like throw everything out into the world and it just I think it's the reason that so many people end up dissatisfied with fantasy to see in sci-fi mm-hmm. stories endings is because there's just no care put into doing them. It's almost like doing the amount of work one has to do or that um, one decides to do when they're making a movie that takes place in Africa. It forces you to have a more compelling story and a more justified story because when you're doing all that work, you're forced to examine your story complexly. But what I wanted to talk about was the costuming and I'm like super excited to see if any, um, any of our African friends or african-american friends want to chime in on this ruth carter won best costume design for her costumes which take influence from a lot of different african tribes all all across the continent something that i find interesting and am interested in like further engagement about from the world is our western um tendency to uh, to consider africa as a singular entity like for example, in this movie, uh the language spoken is koza, which uh can't make the sound that makes that word. It's famously the African click language. It's pretty highly fetishized, I think by Westerners because people are interested so in the fact it's so
0: distinctly recognizable. It's distinctly recognizable African, yeah.
1: And it's also like, oh, you can't even make the sounds. Like it's so <laughs> not white people's language. Uh,
0: um yeah. it's it's
1: like very specifically an extremely South African, not South African as like South Africa as the country but South Africa as like the region. It's a distinctly South African dialect um and language. And this movie takes place in Northeast Africa and because Westerners kind of think Africa is Africa is Africa, nobody yeah. really cares to like point out those those um inconsistencies but i think there is something there was a lot of care in the research towards lots of different african places and african cultures right. however these are cultures that wouldn't have had a, re- a reason to interact this is a language that right. wouldn't have existed there this is not um necessarily it kind of like feeds into this general assumption that we make that it's just all one big place. But Africa's a hugely diverse continent and I think one of the first steps we need to take towards towards decolonizing it is it is considering it to be a hugely diverse continent and like allowing that to exist. And I think it's something Black Panther could do a little bit better on.
0: I agree, but like with the caveat that I do believe that this set a precedent for the amount of research and care that went into it and i think what is hard again because i can only speak about what i know of india but i don't know where india ends and colonization begins i don't know and like even when i was trying to do the most minimal design research for a project that was supposed to take in take place in post or sorry pre-colonial india i can't find i don't know and it's and so you're the kind of thing is like the best guess um of what something would look like and then also how come with european pieces we pull influence from all over europe but then still get to feel like europe is is like also france and also like london like you get like what i'm saying is like when we do like european period pieces nobody takes that kind of care and we just accept it as like Europe but also Europe gets to be its own thing it's it's a confusing conversation to have and it's hard I think to after watching the it's called abstract art of design and it'll be in the show notes but like Ruth Carter talks about like how there's Dutch influence in modern African fabrics so they had to make a lot of their own stuff because they're like well I don't I don't want that that's post-colonial like that's post-colonial like I can't take that we have to create our own thing, and. If you want it to be as specific as, let's say they're like, okay, well, it can only be things from Sudan, and it can only be things from Kenya, Ethiopia, and Uganda. It's really, I am acknowledging your gripes, but I'm also saying that with the accent thing, like, they did work on specific dialects and idiolects. The only reason why Kosa is used is because it's what... Uh, the actor who plays T'Chaka could speak. And uh, in Civil War, they speak it to each other. They brought it up. They are like, hey, how come, like, we're speaking English to each other? Like, why can't I speak Wakandan to my son? And they were like, oh, we didn't think about that. Like, the Russo brothers were like, oh, we didn't realize. And so then Chadwick and John Connie just learned some Kosa really fast. Like, he just taught Chadwick some really quickly so they could speak it to each other. And originally like Marvel was gonna have them speak in British accents and Chadwick was like fuck that shit like this is like this this is like a Wakanda that's not touched by colonialism and I'm gonna speak like an African king because I want little kids to see an African fucking king and so I think like that was a reason it's not justified but that is what happened and then in researching like how they went about doing the dialects and idiolects something our friend I spoke to our friend Josh whose parents are Nigerian um I talked to my dad a little bit too um but he was like in listening to it he was like oh my god that dialect that one's from Ghana that dialect was from Sierra Leone that dialect is from Lagos like he could recognize the differences in the way that they're speaking and unfortunately like the language they chose uh is not even from where it would have been. So, like, that is a problem. I'm glad they didn't just create their own language. I think that would have also been a huge problem. And also, the main, the most popular language in Nigeria and the most popular language in a lot of parts of Africa is English. Same with India. It's English because, because of colonialism.
1: No, and I think one of the things that shines about this movie is the careful research. I just think, like, with Disney money, you can't Mm -hmm. hire... An actor from Sudan or from Ethiopia or from Uganda or from South Sudan as the king, and you you had trouble finding information doing a design project. Um, and you are an excellent researcher, Nitha, but like <laughs> you are a twenty-something right. college student with no resources, and they right. have a gazillion Disney bucks. And right for sure. So I set them to a higher standard than i do you like i want to acknowledge that there are challenges in doing research because of colonialism we don't have a lot of that information like that's totally legit and like i'm not gonna like she deserves that costume award the costumes are gorgeous like it's an incredible piece of art and piece of research i just think that um in term if we want to give this movie it's like fair critical once over oh, totally. which i want to give it it's fair critical once over that was something that i think i think the movie was a lot about the difference between being african and being african american and they didn't quite delve any further than the difference between being african
0: right um, versus african american right.
1: versus being sudanese and african-american
0: i mean totally again it is like confusing and it's hard to critique this because it's not a real place and it's hard to create and she was tasked with and she had ruth carter worked on a lot of movies and is very good with like historical um research so what she did was like well to create the future we have to look to the past and so there was a lot of that and and like In, I think what I was so struck by was just, like, for every costume piece, there was a reason. Like, every part of the Dora Milaje costume pulls from different tribes in order to, like, stylistically create that these are the highest ranking women in Wakanda. And, like, I get why that could be a problem. Josh was like, I saw a kente cloth, and I was like, that's fucking awesome. And my dad heard lagos dialect and he was like that was awesome and i think that like you have to strike a balance especially because this is the first one of its kind to do something like this like i feel like you've never seen afrofuturism on this scale in a film before so and i i just can only feel like what i would want from a, from a movie that does this but with indian culture is like it's important for me um a north indian person to see something of me represented just as important as it is for a south indian person to see themselves represented so i think that's something that they also really were striving towards was like how do we make this movie for african americans but then also for africans i want to critique it to that level so i'm really glad you brought all of it up but i also like want to err on the side of like it is so important to see all of those different costume pieces and all of those different sounds coming together in a way that they never have gotten to be before and like get to live in a place because like uh wakanda what i think is interesting is they weaponize the way people see africa in how they blend in, like, and how they get mm-hmm. to camouflage and hide away, they're like, "Oh, well, we're just a, th- we're just a third world country. Like, we have nothing in- of importance. Like, haha."
1: Yeah, I think there's something beautiful and tragic about the idea that I think, I think maybe an underlying thought that may have been in people's heads while they were making this movie is, "What if this movie flops?" and disney never makes a movie with a black Mm -hmm. cast ever again how do we shove as much representation into this that's also that if disney never makes a movie with a black cast ever again this movie can like sustain the children that need it i think that's kind of like a sad explanation for for a lack of specificity
0: i mean right i mean but it's like it's like Um, they're not making fantasy ghana Like, and they didn't want to in the first place. And also, it's it's hard. I don't know, man. The way I
1: would have approached it, and I'm not working on this and definitely shouldn't be working on this, I would have approached it by researching all of the tribes in that region pre-colonization and what they were specifically and what languages they were speaking and drawn from those conglomerates rather than drawing from the entirety of Africa. But also... I get what you're saying, and I'm not even sure if this is a real problem. I'd really, like I said...
0: (laughs) Well, I think... I I think, I think,
1: I I think Westerners seeing Africa as a conglomerate is a real problem. I don't know if it's a problem with this movie. I think the fact that Wakanda is specifically situated in Africa is something that I think it should then deal with a little bit more gracefully. But like... I'm not mad at the movie about I'm not it. I'm mad, mad about at the, movie. the. I'm mad at the movie about the final fight sequence. Oh, but I'm okay. not mad at the movie yeah. about this.
0: <laughs> I think the takeaway is that it's the bar, and whatever comes next will have be to be better. Clear it and do so much better. But I can't personally like get over like seeing my dad walking out of that movie, and just being yep. like, "Wow." Um, so, let's talk about the fight sequence.
1: Okay. This is a problem in Hollywood with overworking and underpaying SFX teams. Yo. So don't blame the SFX teams for this. Don't. It's However, not their fault. someone in the world decided <laughs> to have a fight sequence where two people dressed like Black Panthers were in a black cave with tiny little ribbons of purple and orange To distinguish themselves from the black cave and not have a single live action moment in the entire thing decided that it was going to be fully SFX. And it expected us with our tiny little eyes to be able to distinguish the two figures between each other. That was absolutely absurd. Who thought that?
0: so stupid and and they and probably again, gave the
1: sfx team like 6 minutes to finish it
0: the movie has the same budget as kind of like a civil war or a thor ragnarok like around the same i was like looking this up but again i don't know how much money of that went into the special effects and how much of that went into the research or went into the like costuming i don't know what the money distribution was but it's unfortunate because this came out in the same year as infinity war and the special effects for that were like on point and i don't understand why the same care like they put in so much care with every other aspect like wasn't done with this because I think it just like kind of it kind of kills that end and the fight scene is not personal like you don't feel the 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 importance of it because you're like I can't see I can't see what's happening I don't understand and then and then fortunately it is saved by the end uh with Killmonger's which is speech. so
1: good yeah right. I think it's ironic that it's so impersonal because the ending is the so, ending is so good. personal and it's funny because they have to leave the area of the fight that's actually so hilarious and I've never thought about this <laughs> they have they have a mysterious transition from being in a cave to being on the edge of a cave they never show us how they get there They just take him out because they wanted us to be able to see that. And did they not see the problem there? (laughs) They're so, I don't know. I'm mad at whoever decided that. I'm certain it was a white man. I'm (laughs) certain. There's absolutely no way it couldn't have been a white man.
0: Disney, this is the same year Wrinkle in Time came out. And the budget and effects on that is so shit. And I'm like, you set Ava DuVernay up to fail here. And I can see it in the way that you've created this movie. And so like, and that's also, it's all Disney, right? So they did Wrinkle in Time. They did Black Panther. Like they did all of these things. And it's like, how come the white movies, like Nutcracker and the Four Realms, which also came out that year, which is mostly white, looks better, like looks like a billion times better than Wrinkle in Time. And how come like Avengers Infinity War looks a billion times better than Black Panther in terms of like special effects? I just think it's weird. I just think it's weird and I'm confused by it. And that's like really all I have to say about it
1: um anyway pay sfx teams and give them more time
0: yeah god one day we stop as i think something
1: as audiences like this isn't really our fault um but like maybe something that if you're listening to this and you sometimes feel outraged by how long movies take to come out consider that sfx teams deserve it
0: yeah they probably the fact that like we get like a new marvel movie every year um that's
1: dumb we people shouldn't. are
0: overworked star wars was every year people are overworked
1: stop making marvel movies every year and at, at make all.
0: something new let's get into bitch time
1: ready set it's bitch time bitch time is when we get to talk about whatever we want for three minutes um because we deserve it yep go I want to talk about how this movie I like was struck by it when you mentioned it and one day I guess we're going to have to record our lost re-record our lost Lion King episode but like everyone um, compares this movie lion king like why and it's like no but then i was thinking about it and i was like oh my god like like the the disgraced nephew (laughs) returning to the homeland Uh, to like yeah kill his cousin yeah Uh, that's so weird
0: yeah well then also like, like there's one part of the score on the ancestral plane people say it sounds like the lion king and it looks like the lion king um it's very shakespearean both of these stories are very shakespearean um the But the thing yeah. that I like better about Black Panther, and you mentioned this, was, like, the king wants to be king, and he wants to be the best king possible. And I think that's the kind of story, because we talked about this when we talked about Lion King, about, like, wouldn't a better story if they were gonna remake it actually be about, like, what it means to fulfill responsibilities and not just be like, I'm lazy and everything, I just wanna not deal with my problems, because we're, like, as this generation, we are dealing with the impact of, like, our our ancestors and we actually want to deal with it, versus, like, simba who doesn't i just we talked about that a lot and like how you would rewrite I, that story we're
1: really gonna have to re-record Fuck. the lost lion king episode no. we can release it and then let people know that it's not good
0: well we um, do have to do mulan and i was gonna ask you because we should probably do mulan this next week and put twilight off again but it's fine um it's
1: good because i still need time to read yeah twilight me too it's okay it's so hard to read. It's- <laughs> um whoa uh we're still we're still bitching yeah. um what else? What else do I care about? Ugh. Um, I think Lupita Nyong'o can rail me. Ugh. I think every single character in this movie is allowed to be naked. Every except woman for the pegs guy. every
0: woman in this goddamn. Movie every pegs. except pegs. that white Everyone's woman in the museum. Except naked. that white woman in the museum.
1: Yeah, she's Michael not B. Not Jordan to do is anything. so fucking
0: sexy though. He's very Michael hot. Michael B. Jordan is so sexy. There was a story of this girl who broke her fucking retainer watching <gasps> heard, that movie. I heard. I've seen that. She snapped her retainer.
1: <laughs> Queen, she was clenching go her
0: teeth. Oh God! Like everyone in this movie is gorgeous and luminescent, and the lighting is perfect. I oh uh, like oh uh, like this movie oh uh, and the I Kendrick. love
1: the fight scene in the casino.
0: Oh same. oh yeah, Kendrick. Kendrick, Kendrick is a Thank fucking you to king. Thank you, Kendrick. Thank you for making this amazing album. I think like it's it's fantastic. He deserves a
1: Pulitzer. Pulitzer, bro. He Pulitzer. has a Pulitzer. I know that yeah. was the joke. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna so, say, oh wait, he has one, but oh, then great. I got distracted and by I, how I don't know how to say Pulitzer. 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 Uh, Pulitzer. Pulitzer.
0: Um, Pulitzer. And this movie is this movie is I will I am sad anyway.
1: <laughs> uh being sad. So I cry sad. every time. There's like very few movies where I cry every time.
0: Yeah. This and Jojo but I do jo Rabbit. I cry every
1: time. This and I don't cry watching JoJo Rabbit. Not anymore. I've seen it too many times.
0: Uh, I have a Jojo Rabbit themed present I want to give you when you come back from Maine.
1: <gasps> I'm never leaving Maine. <laughs> oh, no. I'm moving to Maine. <sighs> I'm faking my own death. death and moving gonna to, to Maine. You're going to have to meet me here. Okay. I'm faking my own death and moving to Maine. Okay. You can meet me here.
0: All right. You better make me a you hat that a says that. I will. I will. Okay. But
1: you have to come here I first.
0: will come. I will come there. Okay, let's talk about Chadwick really quickly. Oh, let's talk about Chadwick. Okay, very fast. Um the kind of work that this man put into everything he did. He would interrogate Black Panther like he would meet Ryan Coogler and talk about the implications of everything at every move he made, every fight style he learned. He was like, "What would a king do? How can I be the best? How can I be the African king?" For, like little kids and he did this with every role he did like we talked about like Rami Malik winning for Bohemian Rhapsody and like how people win for portraying historical figures um and people are like oh my god the work he did is amazing this but Chadwick put this kind of work in tenfold with every role he ever did and the fact that he was able to in his like short lifetime like recreate historical figures Thurgood Marshall Jackie Robinson James Brown Black fucking Panther, he was a hero and he took so much care. We talk a lot about care and we talked a lot about care in this episode, like the care he put into telling these black stories and the work ethic he put in, like this man is on my windshield. Like this man is like the kind of performer I want to be and the kind of like care and pride and hope that he showed. And it truly like hurts me that he had to like keep this a secret. But I can tell, and I, like, I mean, I don't know him and I don't know his family, but, like, I can only, like, feel that he did that because he knew that he would not be able to continue his job in the same way, like, a white actor would, um, had he come out with this, but the kind of care and, and, like, talent this man had, like, rivals, like, a Jimmy Stewart or, like, a Sidney Poitier, and I am, like, in awe of him, and It is so unfortunate that he is not with us anymore because, like, he just, you just know that he would have been, and he is, but, like, he would have been, like, regarded as, like, one of the best actors of our time. Just with, like, I want to give credit where it's due. Like, he, they, like, Ryan and him talked a lot about, like, honoring your ancestors, and I just feel like that is what he did. And that's all. Thank you for saying.
1: I I don't, like, have, like, a long thought out thing to say about him. But um, I, I'm, I'm impressed by the lives he touched, yeah. and I think you talk about how he would have gone down as one of the greats, he, and I think he will. He go will. Oh, okay, of, of course he will.
0: I just been reading about him all week, so he's the reason why that line, because Ryan was like, he's gonna ask, like Killmonger's gonna ask to be buried in Wakanda, and then Chadwick was like, would he? But would he? Would he yeah. want to be? And that's he's the reason why that's in there, and I just like that level of interrogation and thought i i don't we don't see that from a lot of actors right now
1: one of the things we focus on most in in our directing classes is like everything you do can be improved by interrogating it to its fullest extent and asking every single question of it and and looking at it from every angle and like never never letting yourself be complacent in your art mm-hmm. and i think he was an excellent purveyor of that practice and that um methodology
0: i completely agree there's a line me? in black panther shuri says it when she wants uh t'challa to give her back the bracelet oh yeah and she goes just because something works doesn't mean it cannot be improved bitch why is it time for bitch why yeah why time um this is where we talk about the implications of this art the
1: implications The implications
0: um i feel like that black panther did that with the marvel formula because it like is very it is a marvel movie and it does follow the marvel formula but it ap- improves upon it it creates nuance in a place that i've never seen nuance before which is like a marvel movie it did i hit i think it hits all three prongs of representation i think it hits your trident
1: i think i i think my trident is fully embedded in this film so it hires a lot of actors from a lot of different backgrounds i there are a lot of famous actors but i like that there's both african-american and african actors i think that's really impressive i think it
0: gave um oh wait who plays Mbaku? oh yeah he
1: got a platform i actually i think there may be more people who got famous from this movie than i realize.
0: Oh, so many, so um, many.
1: But I think that's that's delightful. I That's in terms of one of the prongs of my trident being hiring people who aren't typically hired. Sexy of them. Then yeah, telling stories sexy. that aren't normally told. Wham, bam, did that. Very sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, manages to integrate the superhero story with stories that aren't typically told. Does it in a nuanced way. Proves that movies can tell nuanced stories without um breaking the bank. And then three, it shows for people to see um, people who aren't typically represented on screen. This is an almost entirely black cast.
0: Also, they gave Ryan Coogler, who had previously done Fruitvale Station, the biggest budget I think he'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's a fantastic director, and I know that he will continue to get work for this. I think the way that this movie portrays black manhood and black womanhood is significant and important, and I wish I saw this more. And because there's just, there's more than one leading man, one is allowed to be hyper-masculine and sexy and charismatic, and angry but he's not the only one and t'challa gets to be sensitive and loving and kind and compassionate and not offended or feel lesser by the presence of strong black women it did that we know the impact of impact of this movie. I mean,
1: like, the way that it's inspired, I think, like, seeing young black children interact with this movie via the internet is, like, mm-hmm. one of the most poignant things about this movie. Yeah. But also, like, um, I think it was important for my younger white siblings to see this movie mm-hmm. and see these see that the world isn't just full of them
0: right exactly. <laughs> obviously
1: like um and the way that this movie has translated into protest and people being able to use the idea of wakandan forever for protest as mm. like a personal source of inspiration is delightful i don't know if it's necessary i don't know if necessarily using fictional sources as your protest material is the best harry potter <laughs> harry potter um Uh, yeah harry potter
0: but but um, i think what wakanda forever symbolizes is a huge fuck you to colonialism it is a symbol i think of like black solidarity in a way that like i don't i've not seen in another fictional work so i think it is different from harry potter but i agree
1: yeah like like it's definitely not harry potter like it's definitely a lot better but um i think it um i don't know i just think that like I think the way that it is mobilized people internally in order to like feel like they have power to make change in the world is mm. exciting and I think yeah. fictional worlds at their best can can kind of like ignite that spark. Something I wanted to talk about earlier but I like don't know like when is like a good time to bring it in Um, but talking about like Chadwick and talking about activism has made me think about it. It's this mm-hmm. like this metaphor that I've been kind of rolling around in my head is that like when you're rock climbing um you're using your arms and legs a lot and like like in a really intensive way and so like you'll hang off the wall and like shake out one arm and then shake out the other in order to like get a rest even when you're constantly climbing upward and it feels sometimes with these struggles in art and these struggles in like the world it feels like we're just hanging off a cliff and that there's never room for a break for Mm. rest. I, I feel like something that I'd like for us to be able to give each other is the ability to hang on to the cliff and still, like, shake ourselves out. Um, yeah. Like, Chadwick shouldn't have had to be carrying all this while battling cancer because, like, right. he should have been able to focus on his health. And um, And similarly, like, <sighs> movies like Black Panther shouldn't have to carry the entire weight of mm-hmm. movies for Black children. Like, right. this is something that, like, we are collectively gonna have to get to, but I, it's just, like, a little metaphor that I've been rolling around with it is that I really wanted to beautiful. bring up. really
0: beautiful. That has to be tied to race. Because, like, I've seen... I remember when Julia Louis-Dreyfus was diagnosed with cancer, she was still in Veep, and, like, she won awards and stuff, and people, like, uplifted her, and she was, like, not even afraid she was gonna lose her job. Mm-hmm. And I, like... I just don't think that the same grace would have been given to Chadwick. Yeah. I and that's think. unfortunate.
1: It's almost like the why of this movie like barely even needs to be said. Like oh, I feel yeah. like we got to spend so much time on the how because like this movie really like it has become ubiquitous in its impact and I that think we're is living stellar. in the why, you know? Yeah. You know, so, it's why time.
0: Let's get to the bitch meter
1: yeah that was yeah. that was fast that was our fastest bitch why yet but we're right but we're so right the meters are a little diversity score meter it's just a little numerical number that we use to evaluate how well this movie does at representation it doesn't necessarily represent quality but sometimes it correlates with quality we yes. evaluate in six categories we representation gender race disability body positivity and class um and then we do math in order to give it a score out of 10 everyone gets a score out of five that's how it works Amazing. Um delightful. We,
0: amazing. We gave it
1: an NA for queer, cause uh the, I mean like we one can assume yeah. that every woman in this movie pegs and every man in this yeah. movie gets pegged. Even though I'd like necessarily... for all of
0: them to do things with me that are not heterosexual, uh this movie is it, it's a,
1: it's just not yeah, really talking so. about it. Um we it. gave it a five for gender. I mean we yeah, what can I be mean, said, like what
0: else we did it.
1: Black womanhood is what this movie is for and about.
0: Yeah. Um, I love, I love seeing Chadwick just surrounded by amazing black women. Uh, for race, we gave it a five because, of course, it's a five. I I can't explain this any more than- Two white
1: men and they're not even important.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, disability, we gave it an N.A. It's kind of not really talking about that at all, so we didn't- there's no way to talk about it. Um,
1: for body positivity, we gave it an NA with our customary minus one for all slim characters. We yes. wanted to mention that there are some side characters that are like a little bit brawnier and a little less like traditionally male, yeah. like physique, muscly. You have like, but, like M'baku truly like.
0: And Chachaka, who's like. I also liked, I think something that I gravitated towards was just like seeing people like, I mean, no one's like covered up in, in a way. Like yeah. people, like T'Challa's dad is just like out here in like a, like a, like a piece and you see him with like his dad gut and it just like made me happy to like see someone who looked like that but again he's a side character and he's not every lead is slim so
1: just cast non-slim people just do just do it for like a dollar and for class we gave it a five
0: because Um, of course
1: uh, it This movie engages with class in a really interesting way And one of the key um, Elements of this movie is How class changes the way you think about things And changes your mm-hmm. ability to engage with the world And that is very sexy of it
0: Yeah and I th- just think that I'm so I'm so like Pleased with the way this movie ends And like the ways in which these two people Who come from like incredibly different backgrounds Are changed by each other In a way I've not seen In a Marvel movie and that gives us a final bitch meter score of. Drum roll, please. Nine out of 10. Honestly, I agree. Uh, that makes sense. Okay, it's time for Harris's hot take.
1: Okay. Hey, Harris, I love you. I need you for a hot take, though.
0: I love you too. Is
1: the hot take aww. about loving you? It, because... Aww. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> <already hot>. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get married. Um, Hey, we're getting married. It's about Black Panther. I can get married to more than one person. That's true.
0: Okay, I feel like a really bad, bad person. I've never seen Black Panther, (laughs) and I'm really sad about him dying. But I, I never, I've never seen Chad. What's his last name? Chadwick
1: Boseman. Yeah, I've never seen any of his movies, and.
0: I I'm so sorry. I have no take on Black Panther except that representation is important and more superheroes of all identities because it's it's kind of a great thing to have powerful people uh, represent your identity. So is that any take? That's you know that's good. <laughs> I'm happy. That was with great. It.
1: That was a great. That was a delightful take.
0: That was. A um. Really have a nice Chadwick marathon. marathon. You I should. Will. I will. Love you. Bye. Bye. Harris, oh, Harris. watch Black no,
1: Panther.
0: Watch Black Panther, sir. Um, you should.
1: You stupid bitch.
0: Okay, very quickly, Chadwick Boseman's final film, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is an adaptation of an August Wilson play, is coming out later this year on Netflix, and you all should watch it. It's produced by Denzel Washington, um, who coincidentally sent Boseman to acting school. Like he sent him to Oxford, uh, on a on a anonymous like donation and i just think that's beautiful and there's a tribute speech that Chadwick does for denzel and he's like there's no black panther without denzel like there is no any of us without denzel and i think it's beautiful please go see it uh later this year on netflix and i just think this is important to note Um, regarding Chadwick, but Black men are at the highest risk for colon cancer, and this is in large part due to all of the medical racism um, within the medical community. Um, There needs to be more cultural competency and anti-racism work in medical training and education, and that currently does not exist right now. So the takeaway of that, I think, is just that the ways that we talk about art making and representation need to permeate all aspects of life and we need to keep doing this work in every facet of life possible yeah rest in power yeah. what are you working on Gaia
1: I'm writing a poem that is in the region of like like 10 pages long oh kind my of god poem. I will send it to the group chat because she really needs some eyes okay Trying to process some stuff, trying to enter some writing competitions so I can get some money. Um, Amazing. And also, you know, like the best thing about being a writer is processing your trauma and getting money (laughs) can be the same task. Um, Nita, what are you working on?
0: my internship starts uh in a few weeks love that for you uh, yes it's very exciting i'm gonna write a short film and have a budget and make it happen and try to figure out how this will all work remotely um but i've d- been doing a little take bit one of, of, of my scripts i'm i will um but i also might collaborate on a different script with you uh but also but also like I do be wanting to make a short film about my cultural identity crisis yeah and you should and I should but I want you to write it with me okay great
1: time to plug
0: plug time you can follow me on twitter and instagram at nitha underscore Thadani.
1: you can follow me on instagram at guy rose river
0: you can follow the podcast on BitchY Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can email us at b.tchygmail.com. At if you send us something, we'll read it on the podcast.
1: And we'll also feel squishy. And yes. don't you want us to feel squishy? Yes. Please leave us a review and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast or and that allows those sorts of things. Please do that. Do it. Um, it'll make us feel better um all the resources referenced are going to be in the show notes thank you to our editor and co-producer cameron the legend the man the myth um and to our stellar graphic designer jillian
0: yes uh good day good night good morrow bitches good night bitches have a good sleep